being in the room. Always good to have people showing up, which is what we've been talking about uh, as we've hit it, uh, hit it, as we've hit January. Uh, we, we've made it all about drilling down on some of the basics. And of course, uh, the first basic is just show up. And then today we're talking about grow up. So here's your opportunity. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow up, grow up. We've got so much going on in church life. It's all kicking back in uh, really, really soon in terms of programs and activities, uh, as you've heard on Church News. Make sure you note that. Um, can I just clarify, on the 28th, when we're doing our family day service, it doesn't start at 10 a.m. The service starts at 9 a.m., not 10 a.m. So it's 9 a.m. till 10 a.m. we do church in here, and then that will be a miracle. Everyone say miracle. That will be a miracle. You know that. We're going to do a one-hour church service. Then we're going outside. We're in the foyer. Uh, as Josh said, Jumping Castle, Fairy Floss, uh, you name it, it's all happening out there uh, for the kids and families uh, on that day. Because we're we're talking about family inside the building here uh, also. And so Connect Groups are starting. Uh, all of our activities are kicking in. Uh, the Loft Youth, everything, the whole deal is starting over the next few weeks. Let me tell you a story. Who likes stories? Let me tell you a story. I was driving to work this week, which I do every day. Um, and uh, we kind of started a little bit early. We weren't supposed to be back in the office until tomorrow. We're formally started. Uh, but we'd done a few days with our team on uh, Thursday and Friday and then uh, Saturday night. But I came in Wednesday to try and get some sermon thoughts together, uh, which, which is really, it's a breach of my rhythm. My rhythm for writing my sermons doesn't really start till Thursday. And I like to walk out the office all done, all finished, all set, all ready to go on a Thursday. So I was a day early. And you know, when you're a day early, it's just hard to get your head around it. And so I'm driving into the office, I'm a little bit anxious, and I'm, I'm just thinking. I've got like a 35, 40 minute drive from our place to the office. So it's my quiet time. So I'm thinking and I'm praying and I'm thinking about some people in church. And I was thinking about a gentleman I've not seen in church for probably, I don't know, two years uh, at least. And uh, we don't see him very often in the building, online every now and then. He may very well be online today. I was thinking about him and I started to pray for him. I prayed for him regarding his son because he'd lost a son a few years ago uh, in a fishing accident who just disappeared on a boat and uh, they never found him. And so I was just praying for him. Then I remembered his grandson and I felt God say to me, pray for him. Pray for Hayden. Hayden is his name. Pray for Hayden. Hayden's in trouble. Now, when I last saw Hayden, it was about six or seven years ago, and he'd come to church with his pop, and Hayden would sit right there where Stuart's sitting, in that row there where the Gibbs family have taken ownership of. Uh, he, would, he would sit there, and Hayden was that, that kid that was about 11 or 12 years of age that was... He wasn't a quiet kid, let's put it that way. I mean, he was one of those kids who just asked question after question after question, which I'm okay with for the first question. But after about the second, third, tenth question, it, it's a little bit getting under your skin. And I'd come into the service, and I'm getting ready, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm in the, the moment ready to preach just before church, and he'd be tapping me on the shoulder. G'day, Pastor Tony. And he'd tell me about his week, and he'd talk about this, and ask this question, and that question. He was that little kid. He was that kid. And so I prayed for him because God said, Hayden's in trouble. I came to the office. I'm working away. Now, I'm not supposed to be here. So this is a little pastor's confession right now. I'm not meant to be in the building. I'm not meant to be working, but I'm here doing it. 
And so I thought, I'm not answering the phones today. I'm not going to answer the phones because I'm zoned in. I'm writing a sermon. And when you write a sermon, it's like, it's like being an author. You, you kinda, you're giving birth to a thought and, and you don't want distractions. So the phone's ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And I'm just, I'm just ignoring this phone. I'm thinking, no, I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not here. Because uh, normally it's someone ringing about the food co-op shop and it's open. You know, people know that. Just check the Facebook page, rah, 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 rah. And uh, anyway, the phone just keeps ringing. Well, I have a, an appointment at a physio uh, at 11.20. And so I walk out the door, and as I walk out the door, there's a car parked out the front on the road where the yellow line is, where you're not supposed to park. And I thought, will I tell them that that's a ticketed area, or will I just keep... So I kept walking. Then this young man gets out of the car, walks up to me, and says, Pastor Tony! So he obviously knew me. And he said, it's Hayden! And I said, of course it is. Of course it is. It was Hayden. God had spoke to me about him that morning, coming to work. I hadn't thought of Hayden, another pastor's confession, for years. For years. Because Hayden was this this little kid that would come to church and tap me on the shoulder and he kind of disappeared. We hadn't seen him. Hadn't heard of him. And uh, we hadn't seen Pop, his Pop in church for quite some time. Yet that day, God laid him on my heart. That day, I prayed for him. That day, I came into the office when I wasn't supposed to be here. That day, I ignored the phone when I probably should have answered it because it was Hayden uh, who was outside calling. And Hayden sat there and waited until somebody walked outside. I walked outside and said, Pastor Tony, it's Hayden. And I wasn't surprised. Any other day... I wouldn't have known who he was. Any other day, I would have walked past him in the street and I would never have picked him because he's now 18. And for an 18-year-old, he's lived a lot of life. And he came and spent an hour with me just to ask, can God help put my life back together? Can God help me? So I spent an hour with him, just talking with him, going to catch up with him. You're going to see him in church. And I just thought, what a, what a beautiful story. What a beautiful story. And I just said to him, Hayden, God knows. That's why God spoke to me. That's why I'm not surprised to see you today when you came in to say hello to me. Everyone say, show up. It's a good thing to show up. When you show up, God speaks to you. When you show up, God can say something and speak a word into your world. And, you know, that's why church is so important, just to show up, because you never know the day that God's going to mention your name. God's going to whisper your name to somebody, and somebody's going to be part of that link and part of that connection and part of that partnership and that answer for you. You know, the last few years have been pretty crazy. I think anyone would admit that. And the last few years have seen a lot of people reshape the way they do life and just their rhythms and things like that and patterns and, and life journey has changed for a lot of people, particularly in terms of the way they do their faith life, their faith connection and uh, their local church and the commitment to uh, the family. And one of the things we're really keen to do as a church is turn around what we perceive to be some of the backward steps that have been taken over the last few years. And Josh mentioned that in terms of like family. We really want to build that family thought and family feel and family integration and partnership back into church life for our young families. So for all the young families, can you cheer on what we're doing with kids and can you cheer on what we're doing with families and just show up and be there and it makes it so much easier for our 
our kids' church directors to do what they do and to be directive in how they lead that uh, when the families are here and the kids are here. So that's kicking in real soon. So everything over the last few years became kind of challenging for us as life was re. Defined. The good news is in all the mess, in all the challenge, in all the shifts that took place and the redefining, God was with us because God's always with us. It's like God was with Hayden throughout his journey and brought him to that moment of revelation and spoke to me. That's what God does. God never leaves us, never forsakes us. He's with us no matter what's going on. And I really believe for our church and I believe for our lives. I do believe the best is yet to come. I do believe it's time for us as a church to regather some of the things that had been stolen away by the previous years. Anyone else in the room believe that today? Anyone online believe that today? I believe that. I believe the best is yet to come. And so this series called... It's time that we're looking at over the period of this month. This series is all about the fact that this is a prophetic declaration for us. It's a faith statement for us. It's an announcement of the expectation and the anticipation that we have that it's time for God to do something. Everyone say it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for us to show up. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to step up. And it's time for us to shape up. Now, some of you have made plans about that. Um, I'm not going to get you to lift your hand, but some of you have made plans to shape up this year. Anyone made those plans? Mm. Anyone think they should make those plans? Mm. Anyone think anyone sitting next to them should make those plans? Mm. Anyone think the person on the stage with the microphone talking now should make those plans? Mm. We, 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 we should. We should. We want to... Sh- Look, the whole journey of being a believer and a good God follower... If you're going to be a God follower, be a good God follower. But don't get lost in the journey. And so we, we start by showing up. And we talked about that last week. Showing up in church. It's so important. Showing up in church consistently. Showing up in the family as a consistent part of our behavioral patterns. And then growing up. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Next week we'll talk about stepping up. And then we're finally going to talk about shape up on week four. Let me take you to a scripture I took you to last week which is a pretty challenging scripture uh, where Jesus gets in the face of his followers. And, and Jesus did this. He, he got in people's faces very intentionally. Uh, he, like little Jesus, meek and mild is the way some people see Jesus. But he wasn't always little Jesus, meek and mild. Sometimes he was Jesus in your face, giving you clear instruction about what his expectation was for those that would follow him. And this is part of the scripture where it talks about his disciples wanting to, to come and follow him. People wanting to join him and get on team with him and be a part of the kingdom of God that was developing and, and what he was building and being part of his tribe. Uh, part of his, his group and some of them gave excuses I need to go and do this first or I need to do this first or I, I need to take care of this and this is what Jesus said he said and I'm going to read it in the message Bible because I think it's pretty cool then we're going to go to a, a, a proper translation and, and read it uh, Luke nine sixty two. Jesus said no procrastination no backward looks you can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow seize the day everyone say seize the day seize the day That's what we need to do is seize the opportunity, seize this moment that God has placed us in. The same verse in 
Another translation of the Bible, the same verse says this. It says, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow. It's a farming analogy. I don't know whether you've ever seen a farm that's had crooked lines. It has crooked lines when someone's plowed because they've been looking back. Farmers love straight lines like senior pastors do. When I walk into an auditorium, I want the service team to know I want to see straight lines in the chairs. That way, that way. I don't like snaky lines. I like straight. So do farmers. I like straight lines for their crops. And Jesus said, no one, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And so Jesus got in their face and said, this is how you become fit for service. This is how you shape up, which is what we're talking about. This is how we become fit and ready to be the followers that God has called us to be. And so Jesus challenged procrastination with proclamation when he said, seize the day. And I want to do the same thing for us as a church. I want to bring that challenge uh, to procrastination and it's a a proclamation and that proclamation is it's time. Everyone say it's time. It's time. January is always the time. It's the time when you are as excited as you're ever going to be right now. And for some of us, we're in big trouble. Say, I'm in trouble. (laughs) It's time. It's time to get a little bit enthusiastic about what I'm going to do in 2024. It's time to be a little bit excited about my career, my pathway, the journey, the business. It's time to be excited about my journey of faith. It's time. No more looking back, no more procrastination, no more excuses. It's time. From this day on, I show up. From this day on, I show up, I grow up, I step up, I shape up. I'm fit for service. Fit for, are you fit today? I got my runners on today. Do you notice that? Haven't got my RM Williams on. These things, I feel like I could, Lloydy, I feel like I could leap and touch the ceiling in these things. There's so much bounce in them. And it's, 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 it's me saying it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time to get fit. It's time to get fit for service. Paul says physical fitness, it's okay. But a spiritual fitness that's really going to add value to my eternal being and who I am. That's my explanation of what Paul meant when he talked about that. There's great value in being physically fit, but there's also amazing value in being ready and being fit for service in the kingdom of God. So it is time. You know, the challenge of the last few years has been that for some people, they've really downgraded the value and the weight that they've placed on this gathering uh, for what we're doing today and I'm just thankful that we're we're starting the year well we're starting the year healthy we're starting the year with enthusiasm believing for an accelerated harvest this year being for uh, believing for God to do amazing things in our lives personally but also corporately this year because I don't want to downgrade I want to upgrade would you please upsize me not physically, but would you, you know, when I go through, McDo- I know it's irritating when you go through McDonald's and if you ever go through, I mean, I go through once every two years through McDonald's, you go through the drive-through and they ask you, do you want to upsize that? I said, no, I ordered what I ordered. I ordered what I want. I want the medium size. And they always ask you, do you want the extra big? Do you, do you want the big? Everyone say big. I want big. Say big. I want big. I want the biggest size I can get in terms of what God wants to do in me 
and through me for 2024. I don't want average. I don't want just enough. I don't want to just get by. I want to say bye-bye to just getting by. Everyone wave bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's what what I want to do to average. That's what I want to do to mediocre. That's what I want to do to procrastination. And I want to come over into this side, which is the side of proclamation, a spirit of faith. I, I want to get ready and be fit for service. Shoulders back, head high, belly in. That's hard. Shoulders back, head high. I should think about what I preach. So we're talking today about living community to grow up, to grow up. Let me take you to some verses that are kind of life verses for me because I'm a pastor, because of what I do. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul wrote this to the uh, Ephesian church and Timothy. And he writes, he gave apostles and he gave prophets And he gave evangelists and the pastors and the teachers these different gift ministries to the church. He gave them to equip the saints, the believers, the God followers for the work of ministry and for the building up of the body of Christ. And so he's given us as church leaders to the church to build the church, to do the work of God's ministry and for the building up and the development of the church until, he says, we all attain the unity of the faith. And so there's a faith we're growing together. There's a faith we're building together. And to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood or sisterhood, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's a growing up that we need to do to become more like Christ so that we no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God not only wants us individually to grow up, he wants us corporately to grow and to grow up. And that happens as each part comes into an alignment and unity of faith around Christ and grows up into all things in Jesus Christ. And each part finds its place and its part to play within the body that makes the body stronger. You know, I'm stronger when every limb on my body cooperates. Uh, I've had some limbs that haven't been cooperating lately. It's all part of growing older. And I I did a a bursa on my right shoulder. So for about six months, I've been kind of debilitated uh, on that right side, which is not good because that's my good side. That's my strong side. And so I've kind of limped along in terms of doing different physical tasks for quite some time. And it's caused me quite some pain. When the body's not functioning, the rest of the body knows about it. And and so this thought that Paul is speaking into here is that that God wants us to grow up every body, grow up every body. And he's given these gifts to the church, leadership to the church to help in that growing up process. So God's plan is for us all to grow up. Nobody's excluded from this plan. And we're all at different stages. We're all at different stages of growth and development and maturity. Um, Some are still children, and that's okay. It's okay to be a child while you are a child, but it's embarrassing to be a child when you're an adult. 
I'm looking right above the crowd now. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And so it's, it's, it's a truth that the Bible gives that we want to see everybody grow up. And not only just everybody, but in every way. To grow up in every way. To grow up in our faith. To grow up in our devotion, our connection, our commitment, our community, our function, and finding our place and playing our part. So God has given leaders to help us grow up. That's why our church leaders are here. That's why they do what they do. They serve so that they can help us all grow together to build up the church so that we won't be children believing every story we're told. Believing every story we hear uh, out in church world, every new truth that comes along, every theology that's presented to us, but we'll be people that are, are mature in the faith and strong in the word of the Lord so that we have a foundation and a grounding to process and, and to come to a, a, a point of belief uh, for ourselves about the things that the Bible uh, talks to us uh, about. Now, leaders are here to help us with that and grow us in that and bring revelation on that and so God is here and got you here and got me here so that we would grow up so I want to give some keys on growing up today my first thought is we grow up best in community we grow up best in community we grow up best in families like God has naturally placed people in families so they could grow up like we're not all born children and just all left to our own devices We have big people that have a responsibility to care for us, and that's the ideal way that God has created life to work for us in a natural realm, also in a spiritual realm, that leaders would be like parents for the church and help the church to develop and help the church to grow. And so God created the church in the New Testament to be this this tribe, this group, this cluster, this gathering of people that are called out of the kingdom of darkness is the way the Bible presents it and brought into a new kingdom, the kingdom of light, where we are to grow together, be together, serve together, develop together. The word church is the word ecclesia and it means called out to belong ones, called out of darkness to belong to light called out of the kingdom of darkness to belong to Jesus Christ and to belong to each other. So God has given us a place for us to grow up in, and that's called the church. That's our place as believers. That's the best place, the ideal place for our faith to grow up in is in community and commonness and connection with each other. And this is the thing that's been under attack for the last few years particularly, is our connection and our community. Because we were told we weren't able to connect and we had to isolate and we had to stay at home if we were sick or if there was stuff around. And I understand the, the common sense in that and I understand the reasoning for that. But that practice beyond where it was needed and required is not a healthy practice for any of us as believers. And, and what happened was some developed habits of isolation and you know isolation is never healthy it's never healthy in any form uh, isolation it, it's never a growth environment it's never a grow up environment it's unnatural and unhealthy for any believer to have a spirit or an attitude or a posture of isolation around the way they do their faith journey 
Proverbs 18 addresses it. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. Here's the thing. I need you and you need me. Because when you're in my world and I'm in your world, we bring wise judgment and wise counsel. We bring wisdom to each other. But when I stand alone, all that wisdom is me. And my wisdom is capped. And so is your wisdom capped. And my knowledge is capped. And so is your knowledge capped. But when we come together, we learn and we grow and we develop from each other. And we help grow each other. I learn from you and you learn from me. Sometimes I'm the teacher, sometimes you're the teacher. We learn from everybody. A wise student can learn from anybody, any place, any time. You can learn from wisdom. You can learn from stupidity. Have you ever learned from stupidity? You ever seen something and think, that's stupid, I'm not going to do that? Well, you just learned a lesson. You just learned a valuable lesson through somebody else's pain. So here, the proverb says that when we isolate ourselves, it's because we're seeking our own desire and we rage against all wise judgment. We just don't push back against it. We rage against it. I see people that isolate themselves from time to time. I see leaders that isolate themselves from time to time and build patterns of uh, isolation. And, you know, it doesn't happen um, overnight. It happens incrementally. It happens in, in little ways, step by step. It's a gradual uh, slide where posture changes, position changes, practice changes, belief changes, uh, relationships change, attitudes develop. Um, they begin to mix in other circles and, and, and cut off people and, and you, you're forever chasing them and giving stops and communicating stops. That's posture that rages against all sound judgment, all sound wisdom, all sound counsel because it's our, it's our community and our connection together that is the most effective atmosphere for our growth. Community and connection is the most effective way to grow up. It's the most effective way to encourage our Christ connection is to do it together. Your zeal motivates me. Your enthusiasm motivates me. Your passion, your excitement, it lights my fire. That, that's what it does. When we come together in worship, to see you worship, to see you lift your hands, engage with God, that inspires me. People are inspired to lift their hands when they see other people lift their hands. They're inspired to pray when they see other people pray. They're inspired to serve when they see other people serve. We inspire and we motivate each other when we're in community. I I love what Ecclesiastes says. Uh, It kind of is related to this thought, but kind of not. It says this in Ecclesiastes 4. It's better to have a partner than to go alone, share the work, share the wealth. Share the work, share the wealth. If one falls down... The other helps, but if there's no one to help, tough. That's a bit rough, isn't it? it, it it's, it's really hard if you're by yourself and you fall down physically or, or you fall down in some area of life because you're alone for whatever reason. Um, you, you may have disconnected or, or you, you may have felt isolated or, or, or disorientated or, or discouraged, or disillusioned, whatever it might be, and it's gotten you into a, a place of aloneness and, and the Bible's saying to us, it's not healthy to stay there. It's better to be together. Two in a bed, warm each other. Wow. Everyone go, wow. The Bible said it. Two in a bed, warm each other. 
If you're in a bed alone and it's cold, tough. But if you're in a bed and there's two of you, it's hot. <laughs> Everyone say it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Let's go there. I'm a hot sleeper. Anyone else hot sleepers in the room? I'm a hot sleeper. I'm, a, I'm a like, don't touch me when I'm in bed because I, I am so hot. But there is that thought. When two people are in bed, there's warmth. There, 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 there's warmth. Alone, you can shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. You know, I feel so much stronger when I've got a friend with me. Braver when a friend's with me. Don't you? I do. And he says here, with a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? Because a three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Now, some people apply that when they teach to God, being that God is that third strand and he'll make it strong and it can't snap. But it's not particularly talking to God. It's actually talking about anybody. When you get three together, it's better than two because it's stronger. So three in a group brings added strength. Take four, even better. Give me 10. Give me 10. Give me 12. You can change the world. Jesus proved it. You don't need hundreds. You just need a group that are together, that are clustered, that are tribal, that that are committed, that are in community, that are going to do the journey, hold the path, believe the truth, believe the way, stick with conviction. And, and get to the end. And if you have that attitude, then you can do anything. And so there's great value where we grow up in community. Secondly, we grow up in groups. We grow up in groups. See, today we're doing it in rows. And rows are where we show up. Like we show up in rows in church. And this is theatre-style church where I taught you, listen. Um, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. Sometimes people interact inappropriately um, or interrupt or interject. And, and that's okay. That's all part of the fun. But for the most part, this is I talk, you listen. And um, I would actually like you to talk to me a little bit. So if you've got something to say, um, just, you know, encourage me. Like if you think it's going okay... Just a little queen clap, you know. Um, Just a little bit of interaction is always good. But this is rows. Whereas when you get in circles, like groups to me represent circles. When you get in circles, when you get around a table, when you get in the living room or at a cafe, it's more robust. There's more conversation. There's me listening to you, you listening to me. That's the way communication is meant to work. This is not meant to be communication. Communication is where we each one participate. And there's a health in that. Um, Because people see things differently. They have different experience, different insight, even different revelation. And there's a learning process that happens in groups. This is how rabbis learn. They learn in clusters. They learn in groups. They learn by being tribal. And they ask lots of questions. And they look at things from a multifaceted way. Whereas in our Western thinking, we don't do that. We have master. We have student. We have teacher. We have student. I talk, you listen, which to a degree, there's a level of information and education that happens through that and knowledge that's passed on. But there's, it's far more knowledge encouraging when you're around in a circle and we have participation. I grow best in that environment. I think we all grow best in that 
environment where we grow together in groups. So we show up here to grow up and we show up in our groups, our small groups, our connect groups that we do as a church, even the different departmental areas that we run, men and women's and kids and, and all the different teams that we have. We, we grow up in those teams as we do this thing uh, following Jesus with a sense of community and connection and grouping because following Jesus is a group project. It's a group project. Jesus died for every individual, but he didn't die for one individual. He died for all. He paid the price for all. He paid for all people's sins. Jesus doesn't think just one, even though he is focused on one. He sees cities. He sees nations. He sees the world is what he sees. Jesus and following him is meant to be a group project. It's a family project. It's what we do together. Nobody in the New Testament followed Jesus independently of other followers. Nobody. They joined groups. They joined the church. They joined a family. They gathered together. New Testament followers, the Bible tells us, were fully devoted to the faith, devoted to the apostles' teachings, devoted to showing up where all the believers met together. They were devoted to sharing of meals. That was important. It was important to get people in people's homes, around tables, sharing commonness of meals and sharing the Lord's Supper and prayer and praying together and giving and being generous in the way that they lived their lives. They had such a good climate going on. Acts 2 talks about it. It says they worshipped together at the temple. So they came and did the row thing. But then they also met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. This is all about building Christian community. And I don't think we've really got our head around what Christian community is in our Western world. I think we've missed the boat on this one and we're trying to swim back and find it in terms of what Christian community is really all about. It's about gathering together in rows to be devoted to these principles that they practiced in the early church. But beyond that also, it's the gathering in homes because in homes, something happens that can't happen in rows. Our modern day homes might be cafes. It might be this cafe. It might be anywhere that you can sit in a circle or sit around a table and share your life and share your journey and share your story and share some meals and share some faith because you want to do it, not because you have to do it, because you need to do it, not because you've been asked to do it, but there's this self-generated motivation that's placed in us by the Holy Spirit. And unless we realize the Holy Spirit places that in us, it'll be, oh, I'm going because the pastor wants me to go. You know, to be a part of the church, you've got to belong to the connect group. And if we go with that attitude, we'll go once. We'll go twice. But if we go with the realization that the Holy Spirit has placed a desire and a need that's essential in me to gather with other people, not only for my growth, but for their growth, then I'm going to go and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to be consistent in it because I know I need them and they need me. Don't give me that kind of hand clap, please. Give me a decent hand clap when you clap because that, 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 that queen clap, I need to do it for Brad. Brad needs me and I need Brad. I love Brad. Anyone else in the room love Brad? Brad's really cool. I feel really cool when I stand next to Brad. I love his long hair. He reminds me of Jesus. <laughs> Brad brings a strength to my life. I've known Brad since he's been a little boy. Now he's a big boy. 
And uh, I've seen Brad grow and develop. And, you know, he's, he's a relative of mine. Uh, he uh, carries the same last name as me. He's uh, now happily married, buying a home, got chickens, <laughs> got his own little business. My son, Jared, works with him. It's awesome. We're better when we're together, Brad, Jared, Tim, Annette, George, Alicia. Come on, we're better together, all of us. There's a growth that happens. I'm inspired by doing the journey a long time. You know, my story about Hayden, if I was a pastor that came here for three years, there would be no Haydens in my world. But because I've been here so long, everyone say so long, so long. Because I've been here so long, Lindsay. I, I can tell the stories about Hayden, who was like a, a, an 11-year-old kid that, to be honest with you, kind of annoyed me a little bit. Uh, 11-year-old kid that was just poking in the back the whole service and asked me questions and me talking and whatever. And then that day, that day happens when Hayden comes and says, can you help put my life back together? And God spoke to me about him. That would never happen if I was only here for three years. You know, grouping and being together and staying and consistency through challenging seasons is what's good for the growth for all of us. Connect groups, you know, when I say a connect group, some people don't know what it really means, but a connect group is a group of about six to ten people that will gather on a regular basis, we do it fortnightly. We do them in homes, we do them in cafes, we do them in this cafe, we do them wherever we can. Uh, they predominantly happen on a Tuesday night. They can happen anytime. They're starting up soon. Just to cluster together, to be together, to grow together, to build faith, to build church, to build strength in each other, and to help people when they need support, when they need prayer. It's where you can open up. It's a non-judgmental space. You can be lifted up. You can help others you can share and you can carry the load and they are key to our discipleship pathway they are key to our discipleship pathway there's something healthy that happens in that pathway of uh, of faith development that won't happen in a classroom the classroom is important this is important but that round the table row thing I mean a circle thing is so so effective for our growing up we grow up finally when we plan to grow up when we plan to grow up, and this is what I really wanted to hit us with today, that we need a plan to grow up. We need a growth plan. Without the discipline of a good plan, it's impossible to experience your best life. It's impossible to experience your best life without a plan to grow up. Anything you achieve in life is achieved by working a plan to achieve it. Not only having a plan, but working the plan. Not only having intention or good intention, but being intentional about the way you're going to implement it. So here's my question for every person in the room. My question is, what's your grow up plan? What's your grow up plan for 2024? What's your grow up plan to do what, what was talked about in the scriptures where Paul says we need to grow up in all things? So what all things are we going to grow up in? Let's apply that. Let's ask ourselves that question personally. Education. Well, education needs a plan. Don't let it happen accidentally. It needs a plan if you're going to educate yourself in any area of life. Money needs a plan. Money will flow through your fingers quicker than, than, than the wind if you don't have a plan for your money and give some direction, some direction for your money. Your career needs a plan. You need to know where you want to go, what you want to be, what you want to do. Tell me what you want. Do it. Get a plan. 
together if you don't have a plan. Business needs a plan. A business without a plan is going to fail. A business needs a plan. It all comes back to a foundation. Family needs a plan. If you don't plan a family, you'll have more family than you should have planned to have. So it needs a plan. If, if you're planning on starting a family, then plan the family. Don't be accidental. Just don't think, well, whatever happens, happens, because it'll happen, believe you me. So make sure you have a plan for how you want to do uh, family. And all those that have a family yelled out, please plan. Plan to have a family. Health needs a plan. Get a health plan. Get a health plan for the areas that you need to address, the areas you need to look after yourself. If you're a man in the room and you're over 50 years of age, get a plan and get a plan quickly. If you don't get a plan, you're going to get pain. We either live by plan or we live by pain. And a lot of people live by pain and live in pain because they never had a plan. Get a plan. Turn it up and say, get a plan. So what's your plan? What's your plan? A good grow-up plan is about several things that I want to close with today. A good grow-up plan is about, number one, improving yourself. Improving yourself. Putting your plan to improve yourself, to be the best version of you. And in our context as a believer, to grow up in all things concerning Christ, that I would have a grow-up plan to be better, a better me and a better believer this year so put that in as part of your plan and what will you do you'll connect in connect groups you'll show up in church and you'll come to a connect group a small group um, some different activities or you'll get tribal with people you will find your people that you relate to and relate to you so that you can grow up better this year secondly make it part of your plan to set yourself free Set yourself free. Christ came to give us freedom is what the Bible tells us. So freedom from self-indulgence or controlling appetites or addictions, overcoming hurts or habits or hang-ups. God wants us to be free. So plan to be free this year. That's a good plan, I think, for people to plan to be free. Plan to honor God financially is another important area for our growth as believers. The Bible says that we are to honor God. We are to honor God, the Lord, with our wealth and with the first fruits of all of our increase so that our barns will be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine. Who wants full barns and full vats? Now, I don't have vats at home, but in that day they did. Barns for storage of seed, barns for storage of their produce, and vats for storage of their wine. But the imagery is that there would be a sense of fullness. And a sense of fullness comes from living with the thought of honoring God financially. So we use the saying that we need to honor the Lord with everything our hand produces or our land produces. Honor the Lord. And so we believe as a church in tithing and that practice as a principle for how we follow God in honoring God financially. And the reason is because Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So it develops my lean-in. It develops my buy-in. It develops my investment in the kingdom of God and my heart towards God and my heart towards his house when I honor God financially. Next, we honor God and we grow up when we become the best for our people. 
We become the best for our people. Sorry, I missed that one. When we become the best for our people. This is important to do in 2024. To become the best you can for the people that are in your world. You see, being your best is not just about you. It's not a selfish thing. It's best for others. This whole journey is about others. We do it for the others in our life. And the best thing that you can do and we can do and I can do is... For the people that God puts in our life is to be a healthy soul, to be a healthy you, to be strong, to be disciplined, and to be generous. So this year, make part of your grow-up plan to be the best you for your people. And then lastly, a good grow-up plan is all about living on purpose, with purpose, and for purpose. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to continue talking about that theme, living on purpose, for purpose, and with purpose. To live our faith connected to God's family, to His church. This is where it's best lived out. To find your tribe and find your people and find your place and find your function and be fit for service. To find community and develop our faith together. To be faithful in the development of our faith. The sooner we start, the better. That's why all the health kicks and the health drives and the diets and the different programs, they all kick it really hard come January 1 because that's the time to start. That's the time to start. And I always think like, man, I'm on holidays. Just don't annoy me. Just go away. I just want to enjoy myself. I just want to take it easy. I, I, want to, I want a soft start. I had an employee once who was no longer an employee. Not for this reason. But because they, they moved away. They were a great employee. But I had to adjust the attitude day one. Because this person came in late. First day. First day. And I mean late five minutes. I mean late. Like 45 minutes late. And for those that know me, they know that I'm... Where are they? It's 5 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) And they said this to me. I thought we had a soft start. Welcome to the ministry. I said, no, we start hard, we work hard, we finish hard. All day. I just had to tweak that thought process. Very gently, I might say. Very skillfully. Very masterfully. Like a surgeon. I said to go in and go, Nick. time why it's about being fit for service fit for service turn to your neighbor and say get fit let me pray for you I love you 
No procrastination. No turning back. No looking back. No slowing down. Pressing towards the goal. Like Paul says, come on hungry. Hungry for God, passionate for Him. Doing it for other people. Oh, Pastor, I've been doing it a long time. I've been coming to church for a long time. Oh, you are so favored if you've been coming to church for a long time. If you've been coming for a long time, you need to know you've got a lot of people looking up to you. A lot of people that are looking up to you because you've been long time. And those that are only been short time are looking at the long time thinking, that's what I want to be. So if you're long time, that should just be like, you're a general. You're a general in this. And walk like a general. You've learned to trust God. And when some others go through challenges and difficulties and circumstances, you come alongside like a general. You're not scared. You've been there before. You've faced this. You've asked him. He's answered. You sought the Lord. Come on. I've learned to trust in him. So when the Haydens of this world come to you and they go, can you help me put my life back together? Yeah, I can. And it's not rocket science. It's show up. It's grow up. It's step up. It's shape up. Come on, church, lift your hands. Let's sing. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Then I'm going to pray. I saw the
thank you that we can trust in you, we can trust in heaven's plan for our lives, God. And I pray that as we activate our plans here, as we ask you, we seek you, we write it down. This is my plan. This is my grow up plan. This is my growth plan. Father, that we put something down that's going to be a guide to us. It's going to be a motivation to us. It's going to be a challenge to us. Even might scare us a little bit because we just believe the plan of God is for our good. The plan of God is to just move life forward. And I believe and I declare it's time. It's time for the accelerated. It's time for the unequal. It's time for the unrivaled. It's time for that harvest, God, that we've sown seed for and seed for and seed for and seed for. That harvest we've not seen, I speak to it right now in the heavenlies, in the unseen realm, that thing that's germinating away, that's developing away, that's growing away. Father, manifest it. Make it seen. Let it sprout. Let it take off. Father, in an unbelievable way, this season is what we pray in Jesus' name. I pray for individual hearts and homes and lives. I pray that this year we just grow up in all things. Grow up and put every excuse behind us. No turning back, no looking back, no going back. There's nothing good back there. The plan is forward. The plan is ahead. The plan is to advance. The plan is onward. people that are in challenge today and have a whole heap of challenge and tension and strife around the world bring them to the point of trusting you God handing it to you so they're not bound by it limited by it, defined by it labelled by it, controlled and dominated by it but are free from it to be free this year to be free this year Father is what I pray for many that are in that position, in that posture today. So much good you want to do this year. So much good you want to do in the life of every Hayden. That's my prayer in Jesus' precious name. Thank you for today. Thank you for our online community today. Bless our online community is what I pray today. Bless the church, build the church right across this city, right across this land and the nations of the world. Let it be proud, let it be strong. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for being with us today in the room. Thank you for our online family for joining us today. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Cafe's open today. For those that want to spend some time just connecting, meeting some people, eating some food, having some coffee. Have an amazing week. Enjoy your week. Thank you so much. God bless.